W263 AI Murfreesboro. W270 AF Murfreesboro. WGNS Murfreesboro. This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 817, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Monday morning, today, the 26th of April, and Lisa Trell with us from the Murfreesboro City Schools. Lisa, good morning. Good morning. So what types of uh, exciting things are we going to talk about this we morning? We have so much to talk about <laughs> that I don't even know where to start, but Sherry Arnett is with me today. She's the director of our instruction and curriculum, so if you ask me any instruction questions, I'm going to look at Sherry and make her answer. It <laughs> works really well that you. way. <laughs> So instruction and curriculum. So what what does that title actually entail? Well, it means I work with the ladies of the instruction department. We are in schools supporting teachers, and we want to make sure that we have high-quality instructional materials for our teachers and for our students. So that's our, our big job of supporting teachers and supporting students. So whenever new school books come out or anything related, I guess, to that, you have to go over all of it with the teachers as the new year begins. We sure do, and provide that professional development training for it. So how often do school books change? You know, I, I've always wondered that. Uh, around every six to seven years. Sometimes we'll have an adoption for seven years and then it's extended, so it could go as far as nine years. Okay. Well, that's good we're not using like 1920s that's right we want to stay current that's right (laughs) so lisa also going on within the school system i know there is a a special event i believe that takes place saturday that's correct um city schools is so fortunate to have a foundation and the city schools foundation that supports us in many endeavors really trying to think outside the box and reach outside of where the tax dollars would um, go in the schoolroom. so our city schools foundation has two fundraisers each year. One of them is Excellence in Education, which is typically in January. But of course, we had to postpone that this year because of, we were just in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and so our May 1st event, which is this Saturday, is taking the place of our Excellence in Education typical January event. So May 1st at Cannonsburg, uh, tickets are $150 each, and it is a foundation fundraiser for us. Uh, we are having an outdoor experience. So think picnic, music, uh, just really an inviting evening to sit out talk be socially distanced from um, everyone but have a good time actually seeing people in person again Um, we will follow that up with a back to school race um, that comes sometime in september and we don't have that date determined yet but the foundation was established over 15 years ago by a group of business leaders who really wanted to support murfreesboro city schools and um, really give the teachers the ability to be innovative and think outside of their box and what they have funded has been absolutely amazing over a million dollars worth of grants that's gone back in the classrooms and I always laugh and say there's at least one chicken funded every year because of the teachers really like to hatch chickens and or do something with the chicken for some reason we do lots of hatching which is great I mean it's nothing like uh, seeing the kindergarten first graders with that whole process going on 
uh, to Ozobots and lots of robotics, lots of music, uh, because we know that music's important in the classroom and art. So it's the entire STEAM um, process, uh, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math going, uh, being funded by the City Schools Foundation. A lot of times what they fund initially is actually um, becomes a part of the norm in the classroom across the district and that allows us to kind of have that opportunity to have a test site and then the district uh, like with Sherry's department would come back and support it saying yes this actually works and can be utilized um, all the way. So the City School Foundation they, they I guess help out the teachers and it sounds like a lot of different ways uh, so that teachers first of all don't have to spend out of their own pocket things that are in the classroom and this is really um, we have a grant cycle so the teachers apply for the grants uh, the grants are read um, and and really rated to see what will be funded um, this past year we did uh, I think 18 grants and around $33,000. We also purchased $50,000 worth of Chromebooks whenever we went back to school because we were very concerned about having enough uh, computers for children who were going on quarantine or children who were learning from distance. So uh, that was really beyond what their typical um, their typical purchases. And then um, also whenever March, April rolled around last year and we were in the middle of a pandemic, the foundation was the first ones that were able to step up and say, we will help fund uh, those weekend meals. And they did that through the generous donations of many, many community members. Uh, they were just the vehicle to fund it. So it's just a, it's just really a great resource for us. Um, we enjoy reading those grants and again, thinking outside the box. As far as the teacher, like daily supplies, that's actually supplied by the, the city schools. Every teacher at the beginning of the year gets a pot of money to pay for those, um, what I, you're in a classroom <laughs> like papers and pencils and yeah. um expo markers and all that and then we get the great donations from not only united way but other community uh fun not fundraising but school supply events that we try to get into that so there are teachers who spend money out of pocket for sure because they want their classroom to look a certain way and they're <laughs> always just adorable and i totally understand that that's where they spend the majority of their day they want to make sure it looks like them so but hopefully for those basic supplies um the city the schools the city school district is helping with those so i'm curious i know you mentioned the chromebooks and distant learning how has that worked out with the students using the Chromebooks, taking them home? Are they coming back? I mean, how has all that worked out? Because I guess this is really the first school year where children have taken home things like Chromebooks every day or have had them for an extended period of time. Yeah. Do you want to? I'm going to tell you, it has been amazing. Our teachers have done a phenomenal job of having to teach online that we've never done before. Um, it's amazing to go into these classrooms. They have they have their own little command post set up um, to teach virtually. And students have done a fabulous job too. I, I'm going to be very anxious to see how our TCAP scores come back. I think we're going. you're going to see great things mm -hmm. because we, they haven't missed a beat. It's just looked differently. It, it has been very different. It has sure. been. And the Chromebooks are signed out to the students, so we know who has them. Um, they have limited capacity. They are a school district computer, so some of the things that you could get on on your computer, you couldn't get on on our Chromebook. So we ha will receive all of them back um, the end of the 
May. Mm -hmm. So we'll tell you for sure. But so far throughout the year, as quarantines have come and gone, we've done really well. And mm -hmm. parents have been very, um, uh, they, they brought them back quickly, you know, so they understand that this is a loaned um, school supply and that it does come back when the child comes back to school. So really, there's not been any huge issues. We've been very pleased with um, the parents' responsibility as well as the children's responsibility in returning those books. And where do we stand as far as next year and the plan for distant learning? And is it going to happen or... Oh, I don't know. What, what is going to happen with well, distance right, learning? Right now, we really don't foresee distance learning in next year's plan. Uh, the state is really guiding that process, so we have to watch and see what the Department of Education tells us to do. Um, I We don't foresee it. We do know that we'll probably still have quarantines next year as we start the school year, but coming back as an all-virtual probably is not in the future, but as I say that, the state could change their mind tomorrow, and I would, I would come back and tell you something different but if I was a parent and I was planning on looking at virtual learning next year I would rethink that because we want our children back in dis in, in the classroom everything says children learn better in a traditional classroom um, what we do know is right now we only have 13% of our children doing distance learning uh, so it's not like it's a huge huge amount I mean it is that's pretty still pretty good amount of children for us but uh, it's 13% and we will work with them to make sure that they have the opportunity to ease back into the classroom. We also know that there's some very fragile children out there and uh, medically fragile, so we're gonna work with them as well. So that's as much as I can say about that. <laughs> Sherry, did well I leave said. anything? No. Well said, <laughs> Again, with us in studio this morning from the Murfreesboro City Schools, Lisa Trail and Sherry Arnett. And we're talking about all the different, well, I guess planning ahead for the most part for the city school system and it sounds like uh, plans are in place to basically have a regular school year uh, assuming hope. nothing big happens with covid uh, but also in the news i guess registration because i know just last week you're on the air with brian talking about kindergarten registration but in addition to that just regular school registration in general uh, you know if a student's going to be going to a city school for the first time you need to know that Yes, uh, we have to plan for the next year, and the best way to plan for the next year is to know how many children are coming. Um, it helps us with making sure they have a seat, making sure they have a teacher, making sure every every school is, has the staffing they need to start the school year. And I know it's kind of a, we're in May, we don't start back until August, but or we're actually still in April, I guess. <laughs> but it is a process. So we do need to know if your child is returning to school. If they're in first grade and they're coming back to second grade, we need to know that. So we'll make sure they have a seat and a teacher for second grade. Uh, kindergarten registration is very important to us because we think that we'll see probably an extra hundred or so kindergartners because of just the pandemic. A lot of parents held their child back. If there was a you know question like, do they start kindergarten this year or next year? We've we feel like we're going to see an increased number of kindergartners. So kindergarten registration is online, and then all of the schools have different uh, activities going on for that new kindergarten registration. So if you should really call your zone school and see what they are doing for kindergarten registration. You can register online for sure, but if you're wanting to have some interaction with that school, it's it looks very different depending on whether you have a thousand kids or 400 kids. And our school district is very different. Go, do you want to talk about pre-K, Sherry? Because I know we've extended that. One thing, um, Lisa, for our voluntary pre-K, we have extended registration 
for each Wednesday. Um, parents can bring their pre-K students to uh, central office to be screened and fill out paperwork for that. So we, we are very excited to offer that through the month of May from eight to four each Wednesday at central office. So what if a parent is thinking about the idea of their child going to one of the more specialized magnet schools within the city? How do they go about registering for that school? That's a good, that's a good question. So um, we have one magnet school, which is Discovery School. And Discovery Schools has already tested, they've already accepted. So they're really full at this point. We have three additional choice schools and the choice school registration is going on through the, through the month of April. So they would need to finish that out this, this week. week. Um, so choice schools are Mitchell Nielsen, Bradley and Hobgood. So if they want to attend a choice school, they need to go ahead and get that application in. Again, everything is online at cityschools.net. If you don't have access to um, you know, high-speed internet and you need us to actually give you a paper packet, just call us and we'll get that for you. And Or you can pick it up at any of those schools. So that's kind of the process. Or if you have a question, really, of where am I zoned, and that comes up a lot when we get those really close lines uh, sometimes Northfield and Siegel people get confused as where they go a lot of times on the west side of the interstate where your case and lane scales overall in Salem sit you know so close to each other there are largest schools and there's just so much so many people in that population we you, all you have to do is look up your bus routes even if you're not going to ride a bus the bus routes will tell you where you are zoned to go to school and uh, we do get some questions about that this time of year. It's like, where, where is my school? <laughs> now, I know that the choice schools under the Murfreesboro City School Program, it's won awards. I, I mean, it, it really stands above, it seems like, what, of a, what a lot of other school districts are doing. Well, it's nice to have options. And um, again, having those choice schools and Discovery Magnet to be available in a 13 school district is probably unusual um, and it just it allows parents to have some choices because we know sometimes it's just a matter of what fits best for your child sometimes it's what fits best for you I mean if you live on one side of the town and you work on another side of town and you can't figure out your busing situation or a drop-off situation sometimes it's just easier to move schools and if that's the case then you know we want to we want to help parents as much as we can how many school students does the city school system have right now 9200 9, I say that with a question mark because you know it goes up it and varies, down but it's 9200 yeah. 9, and, and then again some students who live within the city limits they actually go to a county school uh, for elementary school mm -hmm. I, I, it's I don't know I don't know how many in general I guess total number of students we have in Rutherford County when you factor in the city of Murfreesboro too but it's got to be at around 60,000 children who are in school in the community I would say it's yeah probably right at that yes I'm trying I was trying to think how many is in Rutherford County School District and if you put us together we would be the third largest school district in the state and that's what's scary is because the larger school districts don't do as well as some of the smaller Rutherford County and Murfreesboro has we have such a great relationship and we're able to work together with so many uh, things it's really nice to have both to um, you know to be able to move a little bit quicker than if you're this huge metropolitan type school district and we can plan for the kids in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County can do more county that's the reason you also see a lot of you know snow days don't absolutely are the same because our street department's got us all cleared whereas they're not necessarily cleared in Rockville so 
anyway, it's a good system, and we're we're so thankful to be uh, part of Murfreesboro City Schools and also to have the relationships we have with the Rutherford County Schools. You know, it's wild if you if you were to you know add into that the number of children who are attending private schools as well. It really would show how fast Murfreesboro is growing compared to just 10, 15 years ago. It's pretty wild to look at the number of kids in school right We here. are growing tremendously. Everyone can see that when you drive down the street and look at, if you don't drive our neighborhoods often, you'll come, walk. like I drove by a, a different part of town than typical last week and was like, where am I? <laughs> Where'd that building come from? I mean, how do you just erect a building and I haven't even seen it? So, uh, but it is pretty cool. So again, that's the reason we want to take opportunity to really reach out and say it's time to think about where you're going to school and it's time to get your children registered i do want to go back with the pre-k and talk about them because it's so important that we get this early learning and our voluntary pre-k is a grant funded program so we do have to have um, some criteria that goes with that so let's kind of cover that sherry and know that on those wednesdays we have our translators there we have our pre-k teachers there you're not only registering you're screening your child on that day so that's the reason we really want parents and their children to come for pre-k so that we can get those screenings done at the moment you walk in the door one of the nice things by doing it this way too is we get all the paperwork filled out and then parents are notified quicker as to which preschool um, their students will be attending or if they qualify absolutely and so qualifications can you kind of one the main one is based on income um and then um where they fall within that screener that that is given during that day but one of the the main ones is is income parents income and then what what age is a child when they go into pre-k four mm -hmm. they should be four mm -hmm. by august 15th mm -hmm. and they it's not mandatory they no. are in mm -hmm. pre-k but kindergarten is when it starts becoming mandatory is that right that's right okay. so your child should be five by august 15th to enter kindergarten and they can they should be in kindergarten by the time they're six so it kind of falls a little bit sometimes you get a, a young five-year-old and sometimes you get an older five-year-old but they should be five by August 15th to qualify for kindergarten, four by August 15th to be in the voluntary pre-K program. And again, um, it is grant funded and is really um, sp specified to get that lower socioeconomic child at the same opportunities as maybe uh, someone else, one of their peers. But they could also have other special uh, area needs like maybe some, maybe they're needing some help with speech or they're needing help with um, other type learning so don't disqualify your child before you you call does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. and and we for the volunteer pre-k we do have up to 300 students each year and generally we have a waiting list so it is a fabulous program that parents definitely want to seek information about if this is something they're interested in for the fall again we're talking about the murfreesboro city schools this morning do you ever see pre-k becoming a mandatory thing you know is the state at some point going to say well we need pre-k for everybody you know that's a really good question especially with covid and and loss of learning experiences that students have had I don't know if it'll be mandated, but I'm sure, you know, with the Tennessee Department of Education, it might be something that they look at further down the road. How often are changes being made within the Department of Education that really impact us locally? 
I mean, is it every year that you get a list of new things that are on the horizon that you have to kind of flow with? I don't. There's always change, and change is always good. Um, I don't know that there's always a lot of change. I think that we just have to see where we are right now, and the Department of Ed looks at that and determines what they feel like would be best going forward. Um, you know, we don't want to be status quo. We always want to be doing that next best great thing, and I think that's what the State Department does does a good job of. I think the State Department really had to make some hard decisions this past year because all of us said, what does school look like? Mm-hmm. And they were very fluid. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some some conversations were hard conversations and some were easy decisions. And we just have to look to them. And I think most of the changes they make, we probably see on an internal basis, but the community doesn't really feel it. Um, and we, you know, that's part of having uh, leadership. We want them to tell us what's going best across the nation and and bring it back to Tennessee and that allows us to focus on our work and they can focus on what's going to be better for the entire state so um we actually have good I mean we've we've got good relationships we we like seeing the state coming in it's not like we feel like they're looking down on us they're trying to be our partner and we appreciate that and they really are good partners I mean we can pick up the phone and call them and they they respond quickly Mm -hmm. so definitely Again, with us this morning, Lisa Trell and Sherry Arnett, and we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, I want to touch base on summer school and what that is shaping into and how that does look for this, I guess, upcoming summer, which is almost here. Uh, Right now, the time, 837. You're tuned in to WGNS again on this Monday morning. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Restaurants. I'm always one of those that goes on and off diets. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. And, you know, at Demas is one of the things that I started doing because of my own eating habits is, is we have a low-calorie menu and a low-carb menu. So depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. This is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. Spent 20 years in the U.S. Army, spent time in the uh, Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts, and retired in 2004. U.S. Army veteran Ron Leonard. I saw a lot of stuff. Been 10 years first in the Navy, so I saw it from the Navy side, and then I spent the National Guard my last 10 years. But we did see a lot off the coast of Iraq during Desert Storm 1, and yeah, we did see a lot you made the switch well my record was good and i laid out a year and then uh, back in the 90s joining the national guard was a lot of fun because you you know you just did your two weeks and after 9 11 as we know those things changed kind of sure. tell us what you do now we came in contact with a group called canines for christ and it's uh training your dog to comfort uh wounded warriors and those that suffer with ptsd so we started training our dog molly and molly now is a therapy dog to our wounded warriors and folks that have ptsd and we're also working with local law enforcement, helping victims of crime. 
For those who are not familiar with post-traumatic stress, tell us a little bit about that and what some of these veterans are suffering from sure. when they come back. Sure. PTSD was uh, something that has been prevalent since almost the beginning of time, but it was not diagnosed until the 1980s. But it's actually a person that comes back and they have flashbacks. They withdraw from people. It's considered from one to four, which four is suicidal. And over 30% of our troops will be dealing with ongoing PTSD when they come back. The WGNS salute to veterans with Army veterans. Ron Leonard. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Locally and veteran-owned. Fast and available 24-7. Join the Home Health VIP program at Restoration One for disaster prevention. Restoration One, the water damage experts. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. Hi, I'm Dr. O, and I welcome you to meet our compassionate team at Amaville Farms Family Dentistry. Come check out our new patient special. We're located just off of I-24 on Amaville Road. Amaville Farms Family Dentistry. Come fill the Amaville Farms difference. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the low 80s. South winds are on 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, alone near 56. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 47. News time right now, 841. We are broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks online at willowwindow.pro. Lisa, you look really excited that this is the Willow Window Broadcast (laughs) Center, huh? I like the Willow window. window. I love your window. It looks great. I want the deck to be out there as well. We need one, like a a great big deck you walk out onto. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Anyway. It's very bright. (laughs) Moving forward. I do need new windows, though. (laughs) The Murfreesboro City School System. Again, Lisa Trell and Sherry Arnett in studio with us this morning. Summer school. That's, uh, I guess coming up pretty soon when does that actually start in the June summer June 2nd June 2nd <laughs> <laughs> it's like ingrained in my head <laughs> so summer school is uh June 2nd and this is I guess the first time in what at least 40 50 years I mean it's been a long time oh, since and I do remember teaching summer school when I was in the classroom so it's it has been a it's been a minute mm-hmm. I will tell you and it's it's never been one that has been mandated um by the State Department. So we are we are very excited about our upcoming summer school program. So the state's requiring every school system all across the state, and do they have any impact over private schools or just obviously city, yeah. county type? Yeah, just um, public schools. But it is a, a mandate that we were talking about the State Department earlier, mm-hmm. so it's like, oh yeah, we, actually they did. But again, they saw the need. They know what's happening across the state. What was really interesting mm-hmm. is before this ever became a state mandate, we actually had our summer school planned. So we were feeling really good about ourselves and like, oh, we're going to be ahead of this. We've got this. And then they were like, everybody's going to do it. And we're like, well, all right, everybody come along. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we were we were very uh, pleased that we were really already two steps ahead of what the state was thinking because we were thinking the same thing. Um, we, th- we really do think our children have learned so much this year and um, have been so engaged. But again, we want to make sure that they have the opportunity to start next year with uh, just really ready to go right out of the gate. Um, we hoped, Sherry hoped for 750 students to apply for summer school. And we have 
capped it at 2,000 because that's a lot of kids. You, so you've got 2,000? 2,000. Enrolled in, for summer school. Wow. Yes. That's out of uh, roughly 9,000 students that you have. So right. that's, that's a good number, it seems like. Yes. It's a it great is. number. It's amazing. <laughs> we are just like, wow, that is a lot of children that we're going to be able to uh, serve this summer. So very, very pleased. Uh, you know, when you have one goal and you not only double it, but you almost triple it, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. And, of course, we have to have our teachers how'd, ready how'd to go. How did you find the teachers to teach at summer school we have great teachers well we have teachers again that are fabulous at what they do and they saw the need for for summer school and that we, we like to call it unfinished learning um, so they they have stepped up now I'm going to say we're, we're still recruiting some teachers <laughs> because like Lisa said that that goal of 750 tripled to, to almost 2,000 students so we are currently principals are calling their list of uh, uh, students that have enrolled for summer school just confirming making sure that they are going to attend and then we are finishing completing our classroom roster teacher placements not not actually classrooms yet um this week and if i'm not mistaken the whole summer school program is about what six weeks in class experience it is 32 days 32 days so we'll start june 2nd we'll go until june 30th then we'll take a little bit of a break it's still all one session we're just taking a couple of days off for that fourth of july holiday break and then we'll resume back on july 7th and go until july 21st that's uh you know that's not too long i i don't think because you still will have a summer break the kids will for sure we tried to do it so that they are getting out of class by 12 30 so they have their entire evenings uh you know so 7 30 until 12 30 and uh they'll have breakfast and they'll have lunch and then they can go home and you know play go to the pool do whatever they need to do or if you don't have that option um, they can also stay in esp so esp will be open from 6 a.m to 6 p.m just like they always have been at the eight locations where we're having summer school and if your child is not attending summer school they can still attend esp if your child is part of esp at a location where we're not having summer school they would actually come to that location so we are combining some locations but uh, so hopefully it will be just one of those wonderful things you come we'll have morning meetings like we do every morning in our typical school year um, they'll get right into english and math our focus is uh, english language arts or reading and math and it is um, hands-on lots of games going on in math and the reading curriculum so it's it's going to look a, a little bit different than the school day and we want it to we want that engagement to be really high so that come july 7th kids are still saying oh mom take me i still want to go but that july can be tough but you've got eight different locations for summer school that that's a right. lot i mean right. was there not a way to kind of i don't know combine it all into one school well, we tried. We tried, and then the numbers got really high, especially on the west side of town. So we we needed to divide those up because we didn't want to overload ESP when summer school ended. So that was the reason for the eight schools. And the registration period for summer school, that's already closed, right? It is closed. Yes. April but, 5th was yeah. the last day. So if you did sign your child up and they're not coming, we need to know that as well. <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, it's just a lot of planning for everything. We want to make sure that the summer school, the class size is very small. 
uh, so that we can have more of that one-on-one uh, -on -one engagement. Um, we're looking at probably class sizes of 10 to 12, maybe 13. If depends on the class. I mean, our goal is 12, so you may have a, a class that's 14. You may have one that's nine. Just depends on the school. Um, and just so that teachers can have a lot of interaction. And again, we'll have a, we'll have an administrator at the school, so we will have a check-in attendance person not attendance really we as much as attendance but, but it's check-in check-out yeah, kind of yeah. so it's going to look a whole lot like a school but it's going to be so much more engaging and fun for the children but i don't want to confuse people like this isn't camp this oh, no. is school but it's still going to be engaging and fun so all the teachers who are going to be participating in teaching mm -hmm. summer school with the city are they currently city school teachers or are some of them with the county coming to the city to work or just city the majority right now are our city school teachers we do have some fabulous mtsu student teachers that have expressed interest so we are um, recruiting them as well but right now we have been able to fill it with our teachers and there are some retired teachers too that have expressed interest and again the the positive thing about this this is all paid for it's not money from the city of murphy's bro isn't that right that is correct it is funded from uh the state or federal government if you want to say through um, a summer school grant so to speak and then of course our um, ESSER funds. Mm -hmm. And are there, I, I, I didn't recall if you already said this I'm sorry but are there still opportunities for teachers who want to be a part of summer school and to teach summer school? Absolutely yes. <laughs> there are. Uh, the principals right now again are confirming with parents that their child is going to attend and they are completing those those rosters for teachers. Can a retired teacher come out of retirement and can they come in and teach? They can as long as their teaching license is active. That is one of the requirements. They must have an active teaching license. And I'm guessing that's something that if you're a teacher retired or not you have to what fill out paperwork with the state and file it each year? You do. You have to have so many professional development points and every so it's I think it's every six years, maybe seven years that you have to renew your license. Okay, not and, sure on that one. And I guess they just contact the you know city school system and they say, hey, can contact help. me and I will put them to work. That would be great. <laughs> what kind of pay is involved with being a, a summer school teacher? We are paying. Um, they're they're getting a stipend per are. week, so it depends on whether they work. Um, you know three weeks out of the summer or six weeks out of the summer but the stipend uh, is ready for them and that is part of that grant process through the federal government so we're pretty pretty happy that they're not volunteering they I mean they are volunteering because it is their summer but there is some income that goes along with that so that's really nice for them because a lot of teachers do kind of pick up summer jobs so their summer job is classroom and, and I don't I don't know how a teacher is paid anyway. Are they paid all throughout the summer when they're not teaching, or are they just paid during their teaching times? They are paid 12 months. Their salary is divided out among the 12 months. I do remember the days, though, when you were on like a 10-month, and mm -hmm. that July-August was tough. <laughs> so yeah. so I guess years ago it wasn't that way. You could, it, it wasn't. It was. Okay. It has. Well, that, yeah, they used to be able to choose. I, yeah. I, my sister was a, mm -hmm. you know, is a retired teacher, and I remember like the 10-month, and mm -hmm. you, you would stock up for that exactly. <laughs> summer months and then and then of course she laughs because i knew exactly when i was in college what day she got paid because i knew we could go out to dinner That's right. like she was buying dinner that <laughs> night and <laughs> i was so broke in college 
broke. I understand. I was so broke. So if somebody so. out there listening wants to learn more about actually teaching summer school, they just call the city school's office and they can learn more there. Or does the website have information on that too? You know, we do not have that on the website. I think it would be better if they just call and talk to Sherry because there are some nuances about that. So and we could always put it out there. But right now, I think calling Sherry is the easiest thing to do. That sounds good. One thing that's nice about summer school is that ESP is at the same schools that we are this year. And I know there were some parents that weren't able to get into summer school because of the norm enormous um response that we had and Lisa I just wanted to say that ESP is offering some fabulous summer learning camps as well for parents. So there's a lot going on within the city school system I mean obviously the regular growth that we're seeing and now summer school and registration uh, but there is definitely a lot happening within our city and uh, the growth is going to continue. Any new schools forecasted? Not right now we're really trying to look and see how we can use the capacity we have Uh, the best way possible so um, that's just not anything that you know I'm sure we'll have to look at that at one point but right now we're just focused on getting back into school and seeing kind of stabilizing our numbers and seeing where they need to be as we close out this morning is there anything else that we maybe didn't mention anything we forgot you know there is just so many things going on I do have to say for the parents I know it's been a hard year not being able to be a part of that school we've missed seeing parents in the school we've Mm -hmm. missed having our volunteers in the school we're hoping next year we can have that back I I just I my heart just kind of is soft for kindergarten parents this year because as a kindergarten mom (laughs) and there's so many of us we were in that school we were experiencing those plays we were enjoying all those little bitty steps as they kept growing and growing and I know that's been so hard on kindergarten parents this year Um, all parents but just those kindergarten parents are where my soft spot is so next year we're hoping we can get back to a normal where our community can be a part of our system where our families can get back in we're not going to just open the doors and do it full on but there has to be a part where we can be partners again and uh, really see adults in our building as well as our kiddos and again when you walk inside the schools I am amazed and I have to say that like even my department did not start going back into the schools until this year like last Mm. year we stayed out of the schools we were so limited on purpose we did not want to go from school to school to school and take anything with us from school to school Sherry's department looked very different if you we typically pop from one school to the other and we there was no popping there was we we went to one school per day it was very intentional so if we said we were going to Bradley we were at Bradley Mm -hmm. if we said we were going to Black Fox so it's even going to look different for us next year but I truly appreciate the parents and our school partners for just their flexibility and their understanding this year whenever we've had to sign your children in and out at the door it's and parents have been so good about that the mask have been we were so worried about that it was a non it was just just not anything to even worry about so um Uh, as I when I think of what I want to say to parents I just want to say thank you y'all have been amazing for us this year and we're ready to see you in the fall yes (laughs) or August (laughs) ready uh, it's been a very unusual school year and I guess ready for a usual school year coming up time right now 855 and we're out of time because we have another news break to get to and more commercials and all that fun stuff 
But thank you both for joining us this morning. Thank, thank you, Scott. Again with us this morning, Lisa Trell and Sherry Arnett with the Murfreesboro City School System. That time right now, once again, 8.55. We do have more news and information coming up. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking and 